Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Salinas Underground Podcast. This week, we're back to our guest. Man, I, I love that we're getting back to our guest schedule. It, it was so much fun. Again, after a month of politicians, and I know they're local people, and they say they're not politicians. They were all politicians. <laughs> it's fun to get back to the uh, the normal stuff. And today I have a couple of people that I've been wanting to get on the show for a while. So this, I'm excited for this. Um, but yeah, I have Digital Nest. Digital Nest is our guest today. Uh, can you both introduce yourselves more personally? Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Yesenia Molina, and I'm the senior site manager for the Salinas Digital Nest. And I'm Jacob Martinez. I'm the founder and executive director of Digital Nest. Damn, got the big guy on. No, yeah, it, it, dude. Thank you for doing this uh, again. Like we were talking about right before we hit record, I've I've known Jacob now for years. Yeah. Um, we started years ago, and it's podcasting so old that we met through podcasting. Yeah. And that that's so that's so cool. We used to do. Uh, an ag tech podcast and it's so interesting when i tell people i have a podcast about salinas and they always bring up ag tech mostly in a negative light to be quite honest of like they think it's oh here they are to replace our jobs yeah and i was like man i was in that world for like a whole year and there was no evilness or anything going on like i don't know i think you guys it's 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 interesting but yeah it was fun to do that um, there's probably still some episodes of the Ag Tech podcast bouncing around. They're the out there somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, they they were fun. And um, but yeah, around that time, I think Digital Nest was coming. It was it wasn't in Salinas yet, right? I, or yeah, it must have been early on. So we we opened Digital Nest in 2017 in Salinas. So and before we get into anything at all, actually about that, let's talk about what Digital Nest is. I was just talking about also before we hit record that uh, again. Sometimes when when I tell people, what do we have this really dope organization in Salinas that that's helping um, our youth called Digital Nest? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time explaining it. So can you give me like the quick elevator pitch of what Digital Nest is? Yes, absolutely. So it's an organization that I founded back in 2014. And uh, in Watsonville, actually. And so I was doing lots of work in Watsonville and education and and uh, kind of frustrated because, you know, I was doing all this tech education work and and I've been doing it since actually 2005. And so been in Watsonville doing really good work and working with lots of youth and seeing stuff happen across the country and trying to get more underrepresented or more people of color in tech. And the needle hasn't moved, you know, like, again, millions of dollars being pumped into education and tech and thinking that we're all doing this great work to get more people of color in tech and just nothing's really changed, you know? And so just really frustrated with it all. Um, but, you know, just over the hill from the epicenter of tech and, you know, the yeah. Googles, the Facebooks, the Apples, you know? Um, and so I remember taking kids on these field trips there and the kids being so excited to be in these like amazing environments. Um, but yet it was bringing them back to these like outdated like computer labs of like, desktop machines of like big clunky headsets and basically schools are telling kids to come in sit down you know do this program and then when the bell rings get out you know so opposite of what tech was doing you know tech was creating space that was innovative and colorful and engaging and you know free food and people walk around their pajamas and their dogs and stuff you know yeah um so you know education was doing the complete opposite and so in 2014 i said you know what if we took that model of a Silicon Valley campus 
And what if we bring it to communities that have been overlooked and kind of forgotten? Um, and so we we opened it in in Watsonville in 2014 to really create access and, and create space, but then to also do some training and education. And that was 2014. And uh, since then, we opened up Salinas in 2017, and this thing's just been taken off like a rocket ship for us. So you're a teacher? Uh, I was a, like a program manager, so I was developing programs. I'm, you know, I used to... Yeah, it's not yeah really I've known teaching. you for years, but I actually, it's funny. To me, in my head, I see you as literally as a businessman. I don't know if that, that's rude or anything, but to me, that I just that's what I see when, when I think of, of Jacob Martinez. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but anyway, I don't know what, 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 what did you, yeah, so you were in education? Yes, I got my undergrad in biology, actually. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, but then I started doing STEM programs and STEM outreach programs for UC Santa Cruz, so. I'd actually come out to Salinas and Monterey and trying to get more uh, underrepresented youth into STEM, and that was through the MESA program. And then uh, got hired on by this agency to run a program specific around technology. Um, and then I ended up getting my master's in instructional technology from CSUMB. So instructional technology, so how to how to teach with technology. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. That's, say, that's one of the made up things just so you can get a high salary. Hey, I was the first cohort, so we were making it up. <laughs> oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, so we were making it up as we were going, but it's a pretty strong program now at CSUMB. That's that's so cool. And so how how did how does digital nest come about? So okay, you're you're upset that there's not enough. So because obviously you went through the schooling system yourself. Yeah. And being Latino, did you feel yeah, so you How know, it? so I actually the crazy thing. I grew up in LA, but I went to high school in Texas, and my first year in college in Texas. And moving from California to Texas, like you can, like we were put thrown into like a very affluent community. And so for the first time, like in LA, I grew up around nothing but Mexicans and Filipinos, you know. And yeah. then I'm in Texas, and all of a sudden, around a predominantly white community, and I saw what what kind of uh, privilege really looked like for the first time in my life. We're kind of, it wasn't a question these around were you going to college or not. It was where were you going to college. Yeah. Like that was the debate, you know, not <laughs> a, not if you were going to college, but where you were going. And so the first time in my Trips. life, I just saw like just privilege, you know. And yeah. so tripping out on that, and uh, ended up leaving leaving uh, Texas just because I couldn't take it anymore. This California boy um, moved to San Francisco and uh, back in the mission. So found myself again around Latinos. And again, the question was, where were you, gonna, you know, if you were going to go to college, you yeah. know? And so I kind of just been reflecting on that and through all my kind of college career and just decided when I went to UCSC, again, mostly in the sciences and around predominantly uh, white people and thinking to myself, like, you know, do I belong or were all the people of color in the sciences? And so that was like the, what really launched me in my career is just, realizing that there was all this economic opportunity in STEM, but yet a vast majority of people of color not don't have access to that opportunity. So how do we get, bring that opportunity to people of color? That's kind of been my career. And then that's how, and that's Digital Nest. Yeah, and so, you know, again, that story of like just seeing the tech industry and just seeing like all again, all this opportunity and privilege, but yet communities not having access to it. And so, you know, I just kind of had this idea of like the nest and, uh, you know, went public with it with the community, the community and the community really rallied behind me and, and, uh, donated and volunteered and, 
bringing people like Yesenia on board to help us do this and help us do this beyond Wattsville and beyond Salinas. And well, yeah, and that's to me was was an interesting thing because I don't know how to because one thing <laughs> I, I just heard this I, I, I didn't I wasn't there personally, but some people are like, oh, it's it's so corporate, you know? It's so they don't, it's, they don't ask? yeah, yeah, and. And there's there's been some even some aversion by the Mexican community, you know, to be like, ah, oh, dude, that that's the man essentially, mm-hmm. like it's the man trying trying to come in, and um, but it's so weird because I know you personally, mm-hmm. I, I know you personally. I remember, um, I don't even know if you remember this, but we were, I think we were having just coffee or something, mm-hmm. and you were looking for a place in Salinas, and oh, yeah. you were saying yeah, you could you. You could you were offered several places, um, kind of like on the south side, or you know, and you were like, no, what we're trying to the the group of people we're trying to help are not there, and I don't think they'll be able to travel there. So mm-hmm. the success that we're having is is you know it's necessary that we have to go to the the people. Um, but anyway, how do you, how how do you balance that? Because sometimes you know, like me, we were just talking about turning this into a business as well. Like and again, I hope this doesn't come across as rude, but like, um, like how do you balance between being yourself, being a Latino, and not like selling out to the man? Yeah, you know it's crazy. It's like you know we've been when I launched Digital Nest, like I was done. I, I saw what organizations of color, the type of resources they get, and it's very little. If you look at philanthropic dollars, so the amount of money that goes to philanthropy. Only 2% goes to Latino-led organizations. 2%. You know, in the black community, it's 4% or something just, you know, abysmal, right? Yeah. So we, you know, for, for, for years, we've, for our, our existence, whenever we want to do anything community-based, it was how do we do it at low cost? How do we, how do we nickel and dime our kids? How do we, how do we not pay people well? Like, you know, the, and I said, you know, when I launched Digital Nest, I was like, I don't want to be that. Like I'm sick of us getting the handout, the handouts, you know, and just getting the pennies to the dollar, literally. Yeah. And so what if we had this mentality of like, how do I get the best people to come work for me? How do I pay them well? How do I get the best for the youth? I don't want a bunch of like beat up machines or beat up sofas. I want these kids deserve the best. What if we give people of color the best and allow them to really just to go, you know? And so We've made a commitment to bring in people from the community. So majority of our people that we hire are from the community. Uh, we've made a commitment to pay them well. Like I don't want them to be struggling. Like so, I have a responsibility to my employees too to get them paid well, so they could they could thrive and their families could thrive and they could live here and they could you know buy homes here, and you know and then take all that all the way down to the youth too. You know, let's get the youth the best computers, the best technology, the best yeah. environments, the best building, the best furniture. And you'll see it, man. These kids walk through our doors and just, they just their eyes light up of like, I have everything I can imagine. Like, what is possible for me? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sick of us not bringing that same mentality to communities of color. Let's bring it to the people and let's, let's, let's us be the leaders in this community and be the, in the, in the, the drivers of this economy. Yeah. Well, that's an excellent segue because we have one of your community leaders here. Actually, yes, I can... I want to now talk a little bit about your history because you are the Salinas site manager, you said? Yes. So, 
So that's cool. And you guys, dude, you guys are opening a second site, and we'll definitely get into that. I'm, I'm so excited about this one down the street. But yeah. um, anyway, so how did you get involved in digital news? Yeah, well, I, so I'm originally from Watsonville. Um, and at the time when digital nest opened, I was living in San Francisco going to school, San Francisco state. And I just remember it, they just kept popping up on my, on my Facebook feed, you know, <laughs> like some of my little cousins were going to events, um, going to like taking workshops and classes. Um, I really was just seeing them all over in the Pajaroni and in the Sentinel. I was like, okay, like there's this org, you know, popping up. Is they seem pretty cool. They're in Watsonville. Like, okay, what is this? You know, so it definitely like piqued my interest. And I think the thing that really got me was I started seeing like really good people working for the organization and their DAT program, the digital arts um, program was really, was really shining for me because I was originally really into cinema and like film editing and video oh, editing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, dang, like I was in the video academy in high school, like always like in, in the, in the VA room, you know, editing videos and stuff. And so that just was like really intriguing to me. I'm like, man, if I was in high school and this was around, like I would be there, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I, I ended up staying in San Francisco for like, you know, on and off for like six years. Are you doing film stuff? I wasn't just cause I didn't really care for our film program there. I started off in cinema and then I transferred out to Latino Latino studies. Oh, okay. And I was like, you know, I'd rather learn about, you know, content and 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 sharpen my critical mind. Yeah. And then I can make my documentaries on whatever I wanted to, you know, with that mind. Right. Um, We're like going to win an editing. Oscar in documentaries. I got to <laughs> yeah. learn first, of exactly. course. Yeah. So like, anything I can pick up elsewhere. It's all good. Um, so, yeah. So not, not in that. But six years later, you know, more or less, I, I graduated stay there for a few years, worked around different organizations over there. And then I was like, okay, it's time to come back to my community, you know, where I'm from. And so I started looking into applying to the one organization that I wanted to work at. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started, I applied you already to, got the job. You don't got <laughs> <laughs> well, I applied to three different positions before I actually got the job. Um, but I, I, I was happy with the final job that I got. I would say it was a little more, um, fit, fit for me. Um, so then I came over here and I, Salinas was like a year and a half in or so. Um, and then I, I started working there right before the second birthday party, the second year anniversary. And is it different, like being in an organization run by people that look like you, do you think? I mean, I, I guess I, it's a better question for one of the kids that's there, right? But. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've always worked for, well, that's not true. I've only worked for one other organization where the, the head person didn't look like me, you know? But I've been very fortunate to be able to work for different organizations that are Latino-led, run, cool. um, founded. Um, and so I, I do say it is different, you know? Like the things that we talk about, the way, is specifically at the Nest, I feel like it's, it's extra different and special um, because we, I feel like the staff are always constantly working not only on how to improve like what we're giving out to the youth and what we're spreading out there and the messages we're putting out there, but also working on ourselves. And so that's something very unique that I haven't found really in too many other workplaces. I always love asking that because one of our like more quote unquote controversial episodes, it was a, a bike group, but that they put on like events, bike events for people of color. And and people were like, oh, isn't that kind of like, like you're, div you know, you're creating your own thing, and it, I was just like, 
it was obviously white people that were saying that, but it was just like, it's everything's made for you. Like everywhere you go, it's for you. So it's so comfortable. You have no idea what it's like to be, you know, in a group where like the people that quote unquote made it or whatever look like you. I, I remember going to Google. The only time I've ever been to the Google campus, I, I went the, the city when Capital One left. Capital One left that um, they they left some money for the city to do the program. Yeah, uh, I I ended up in an entrepreneurship program that I don't know if it was put on by the city. I don't know if that's the way to, to say it. But um, anyway, they took us to a, a pitch at Google at the campus for a, an accelerator Google had called Manos. Oh, yeah, I know Manos. Which was, again, all Latino led. Yeah. And so we got to see these people pitch. And the one... The one pitch that really stuck to my head, they were all amazing. I was so blown away, first of all, again, of the kitchens. I was just like, wait, you, these people just, <laughs> like, all this cereal is just there. And they got, like, they had oat milk and almond milk before. We even never heard about that yeah. stuff. They had, like, eight different kinds of milk. Um, it, it was so nuts. Um, but the one pitch that really stuck with me, it was, it was a Mexican lady and a Chinese man that worked for Dell or Hewlett Packard, a, a big tech company, but in North Carolina, mm-hmm. he barely spoke English. She barely spoke English and they were business partners mm-hmm. and she pitched her business in honestly, really bad English and really broken English way worse than my mom. Who's embarrassed to this <laughs> day about her English ever did and at one point she said something that was kind of funny in her accent and people laughed it was all the white people you know it just sounded funny and i got a little mad you know and but it was a trip because when they were i was like holy crap she didn't know she didn't care anything about her accent she's like this is my business idea it's this is going to be the next biggest thing and i was i felt something it was weird i was walking around like what is this feeling i have and it was pride I was so proud. I, it was weird. I felt dumb because this was this was five years ago. You know, this wasn't like 20 years ago. Or this was five years ago. I was in my late 20s. I was like, holy shit, like we can do this? Like Mexicans, Latinos, Spanish-speaking people, people that don't speak perfect English, that don't look, you know, like what we're supposed to, can can pitch at Google? Like yeah. no way. It was so weird. And it's again, it's that's where to me it's like it's so important. What I love about your organization is that is that you're it's it is Latino led and inspired and all that. And I'm sure it's not like no whites at the door, you know, like I'm sure you'll take anybody. Um, but it people need to understand that it's it's really important again i i think of myself at yeah. oh my god if i was in high school i've literally thought that as well if digital nest existed when i was in high school i i would have i would go there yeah i i you know it would that would be my spot um so yeah it's funny you know like i'm so i was a biology major in my undergrad and i don't remember anything i can't tell you like how cells made up anymore yeah. or anything but the one thing i do remember is from an ecology course around what makes the strongest ecosystems? It's the most biodiverse. Where there's the most biodiversity are the strongest ecosystems, you know. And so I've taken that approach with with the NASA. And so we 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 let anybody come through our our doors, you know. 
we are reflective of the community though so we're about 70 percent latino yeah. but like anybody's welcome to come as long as you're between the ages because i really believe like if we get more diverse ideas in the room the more diverse youth then we'll, we'll have a stronger community you know um and that's been my like my case for the tech industry you know they're 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 pretty you know there's all kinds of resources up there all kinds of money and so how do i capture some of those resources and bring them back to these communities the business case that we make to them is where you want your your companies to be strong you need people of color in your companies you know so really trying to push them on that as well well no hell yeah and well speaking of you know joining and doing all that how like what is a what's a typical day like at the, like the if i'm a student there or are they students? What do you, what do you call them? pupils? Members. <laughs> Members. Uh, do I have like a specific program? And I said like, oh, I, I like photography or, or I like social media. For sure. Or how does that work? So it's kind of a little bit different at each site. So um, in Watsonville, they have like three different programs. So there's people, um, deals a little bit more with project management, right? Like how to organize um, the interpersonal side of things. Um, then there's like DAT, which is like digital arts and technology. So there's like photography, there's video, there's graphic design. Um, and then there's WIT, which is a little bit more on the coding side, programming, web design, right? How to build websites. Um, and they all kind of work together at the same time. And so a youth can choose which path they want to go into and really dive deep in that. And then at that point, they would kind of register for each class that we offer that would kind of align with their pathway. Um, here in Salinas, we have one that's really strong, which is WIT. And so all of our members, if they are taking classes, for the most part, they're taking WIT classes. So learning how to different languages, coding languages, learning how to design websites, all the all the different phases of that and the steps that it takes to get that done. Um, and then we sprinkle in a little bit of, you know, soft skills is throughout everything. And that kind of is encompassed within people. So that's how we get it in there. And then DAT, we have like photography classes here and there. We've had like little little podcast groups that get together. Um, small things, you know, like we've had one video class. So just kind of seeing where it goes, where the youth interest is, you know. So then we kind of try to sprinkle those kind of classes in there. Even though we don't have a, a full-on pathway, you know, we sprinkle those classes in. But right now, because of the pandemic, everything is virtual. So really, yeah. right now is a different time. So anyone can take any class. Um, but a typical day, they would kind of come in maybe around 3.15. Uh, they start trickling in to the center. They have full range of what they want. We usually have snacks out. So that's almost the first thing that they do is they come in, they scan in, get their lanyard, and they go get a snack, you know, go sit, find their seat with a little Man, bowl. that's actually kind of sad, you know. Because, right? Like, well, they should be full, you know? For sure, yeah. Like, they just come out of school. Like, they shouldn't be hungry. Like, they're learning. Anyway. Definitely. Yeah. So we definitely provide snacks yeah, so, every day. Hell yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Something to drink. We try to, stay, you know, keep it on the healthier side. Not too much, like, sugar and yeah. um, fully sweet snacks. But, you know, well-balanced. Um and so that's usually the first thing they do, go get something to drink, you know, hydrate, and then they go sit down with their friends. Maybe they start come back, check out a laptop, um, whatever tech they need, they kind of come to us and check it out. Um, and then at that point, usually they're in there for like half an hour or so before maybe one of the first classes would start depending on the day and the schedule of the class. So if you're in that class, you'd go to the classroom, take a seat, and you're in there probably for like an hour and 45 to two hours um for that class and everyone else who's not in the class they're kind of hanging out and nest working doing work 
um, hanging out with some friends on the computer. Okay, it's a variety of things. About the, oh, okay, so the class is in its, its own little area. The rest of the space is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and how many members do you guys have? Or is that like secret information? <laughs> no. <laughs> like total or in Salinas? Or like, yeah, in Salinas. Like I'm active, I would say on a daily active, we had about 25, 20 to 25, you know, it fluctuate. Damn. Yeah, it got pretty full in, at our previous site. It was definitely, you were, we were maxing it out. You were at Cesar Chavez Library? Yes. Yeah. Like the, in the big room. The, yeah, the, the community room. Yeah. yeah. With the big fan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the big fan. <laughs> the big fan room. The big yeah. fan Okay. Yeah, dude, that and that that's for 20 damn. When recently you guys are acquired a new spot? Yeah. You're going to be our neighbors? You're moving neighbors. downtown? Yeah. Can you say about that? I'm curious about that. It looks nice. Yeah, it's I mean, we're pretty we're, we're pretty ecstatic. You know, but you know, we we were in on in uh in the Cesar Chavez library and we were looking for a space down there. It was just it was it was tough, you know, to find space on that side of the community. Uh, either things were not available, we couldn't find things that were available, or buildings that needed a lot of work, like oh, needed, yeah. like they were just really, you know, run down. Um, and so we were looking around, and um, we were looking at downtown, and uh, as an option, uh, and uh, we had a great opportunity, kind of fall on our laps, where um, we got the old fire station. So <laughs> Bruce Taylor uh, of Taylor Farms, he's a supporter of the Nest, and. And uh, I, he got wind that we were looking downtown, and and I was, uh, he said, hey, I got this building that's been sitting vacant. You know, would you be interested in checking it out? And man, it was it was a trip. So I went down there and I saw it, and he just got finished renovating it. Yeah. So he's like, you know, would would this work? It's just been vacant. I want to see some activity here. I could get it to you for you know for some time. And so we jumped at that opportunity, and more, you know, it's it was bigger than we when we probably. It, it's twice the size of our Watsonville Center. And our Watsonville Center was our flagship. Like, every, you walk into our Watsonville Center and people are like, damn, like, this is all for the youth. Like, it's two stories and we have a studio and classrooms and conference rooms. Damn. The, the Salinas one's going to be twice as big. So we think, <laughs> oh, damn. yeah, people are going to be excited about it. Um, and, you know, with, working with the Asenia, we, 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 early on, we were like, okay, this is going to be a great space for the Nest, but also it could be a great community space. So, Yesenia has really taken the lead on that and, and like, and like, how can we not only have the nest use the space, but how can this be a space for the community to come in and like, could we do events and can we do like speaking things and like speaking engagements and music and can community borrow it? And we do, we, we lend all of our spaces out to the community for free. So like, so we're pretty excited about it being our, our home for the digital nest, but also a space that the community can come in and, and use. No, it's dude. I've, Again, because it's it's a block away from here. So when I go down to the bar, go down to get some coffee, I walk by it a lot and I I stare at it. You know, I look oh. inside, and damn it, it is. It well, like it's. I mean, it's I don't know if you've looked in there recently. It's a mess right now because. Oh really? We just got uh, two big truckloads of furniture donated um, from Twitter. Uh, so we got all this furniture. Ah, name drop right here. Yeah, but you <laughs> Jack know, Dorsey himself. It wasn't. We worked with a partner of ours. So what happened was, you know, it's crazy. Is like, you know, with COVID, all these tech companies that said tell their employees oh, you don't no longer have to work in the office, right? Score. And so Twitter said the same thing. Like indefinitely, you guys don't have to work yeah. from the office. 
Um, and and so a lot of other companies are either saying you got to reduce the size, so half the furniture in this in the in order to create social distancing, companies are like reducing their furniture, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's a nonprofit that got launched just because they got wind of that and said, hey, look, what are you going to do with all this extra furniture? And these companies were literally going to just take it to the dump and dump it, right? So this nonprofit said, hey, I'll take the furniture. It's called Rework. I'll take the furniture and find organizations of color that need furniture. And so that's how we've partnered up with them. So that furniture, we didn't get it directly from Twitter. We got it from this other nonprofit that's that's taking all this furniture that would have ended up in a dump, but it's beautiful furniture yeah um, and uh that's how we got it and although our first floor looks a little scary our second floor it looks beautiful and ready and set up for for members to come in by appointment um Uh, so it is on a second it is divided because yeah i've only seen that first floor yeah yeah two floors two floors it's about eight thousand square feet it's it's a big space man yeah so cool, yeah. They even have like the hoses and stuff. Yeah, like, that's so nice. Yeah. No more, no more poles though. We we're hoping that we could. There was fire. no. Oh, that was my honestly my one question. Oh, there was no pole. No, it's gone. I was like, oh. man, if only they'd be like, Yesenia, we need you down here. That yeah. was so cool. I know that'd be cool. That'd be so, <laughs> I thought, and I was thinking, ah, oh, come on, Taylor owned that. He kept that pole. Like, no. come on, like he was gonna make it all. No, it's gone. Oh, yeah, somebody has it. Yeah. So the the whole. uh Second floor is built out. The first floor, we have all that furniture in there. We're still trying to, we're trying to actually get some of that out to other community organizations. But uh, so if people have needs around like beautiful desks, we could help them out. Um, but and, you know, with COVID, anyways, we we couldn't. There's no community events for some time, so yeah. we're not that big of a rush to get the second first floor built out yet. Mm-hmm. And are you going to add any programs because of the new space, or just? Yeah. Well, the first program that we're going to be adding is business. Um, so that's like kind of yes. like an internship program that we have going um, where members who take our level one, level two, level three classes who gain all these skills can apply to our business program. If they're accepted, they are getting paid to work on real client um, work. And so that's, that's the cool. next program that we're bringing over. We already have uh, have had at least two Salinas members work for business. Currently, we have one. Shout out to Tony. Yeah. <laughs> He's awesome. Um, and he hopefully will be joined with a few more members within the year. Um, and so that'll be the first program that we bring over. And slowly we'll see if we, we can get some more. But that'll be the first one. I'm so happy that you said that and that is the program that you're doing. Because, like, we again, a little bit before when we were recording, uh, talking about how, you know, what I what I do and – I like I said I've I've loved business. It, it sounds dumb, but I love business since I was uh, like five or six, living on the east side, picking up cans to recycle. It sounds ridiculous, but in the nineties, a six-year-old could do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's so funny because it's supposed to. It's the nineties on the east side is supposed to be all scary. I was six years old pushing a shopping cart. I mean, I we lived there. I didn't live on the streets or anything. Yeah. but uh, everybody left. Um, entrepreneurship man yeah they left cans and i was like wait they're just leaving this on the street and you take it to this place and they give you money like um so that's where i feel that my little bug started but that's one thing in salinas like as much as i love this town i love the people i love everything about not everything i love this town um but it's really difficult to find people with solid business advice or 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 uh 
Yeah, just just that. I trip out because again, as you, San Jose, I love San Jose as well. I love the soccer team. I I honestly love that city as well. It it's 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 happening, man. San Jose is coming. Uh, but what I love about San Jose is you can stand on the corner, especially downtown, on any corner, and everybody has some kind of idea or everybody has some kind of business background or some kind of ambition and you can find a partner or you can find somebody that that is good at making tweets or at making Instagram posts. And, um, and it's, that's so motivational, you know, it's like, again, when I go to the coffee shop, I would, I would love to hear somebody saying, Oh yeah, you know, my business just did it. It's round a funding or whatever. Yeah. And just to be like, what is that like? What what does that even mean? You know, like just to be able to ask those questions to grow up in that environment, it, I, just, I don't know. Because the little glimpses I've gotten it as a business owner myself, it's it, it's amazing. And I and it's one of those things where like, fuck, I don't want to have to leave Salinas to get immersed in this or or to find these people. And like and like I said, I'm very grateful to you, Jacob, that you know I consider you one of these. Latino kind of leaders that inspire me that I look up to. I know I don't reach out to you every week or every month or anything, um, but it's honestly, you know, it, it being knowing that I have you in my Rolodex, you know, yeah. somebody that like, if really I need a, a honest answer from somebody that I know ain't going to bullshit me, I know I can talk to you. And it sounds weird. Again, it's not yeah. an anti-white thing. I'm, I'm, there are white people also on that same Rolodex. Yeah. But it's just interesting to somebody that, that you know, that can just pr pronounce my name right, you know? You know, and that's, that's a big part of what we do. It's that social capital, right? It's like, you know, for... I, I think there are a lot of local entrepreneurs. They're just never given the respect that, that people... I mean, if you think about, like, the Latino community, man, especially a lot of our parents and families, like... They've been hustling from day one. So the minute they came into this country, yeah. they've been hustling, whether it's signing tamales out of the back of their car, whether it's babysitting their nieces or nephews, whether it's taking, working two jobs, working like that's hustle. That's entrepreneurship. You know, entrepreneurship is this, this risk that you take for future financial gains. Right. There's a misconception in the tech industry that going to college, dropping out and having the safety net of your parents and starting a company that that's entrepreneurship. And I argue that it's not. That's not true entrepreneurship. True entrepreneurship is what you see in a lot of people of color communities where literally their life and their future is on the line and they're taking a gamble. They're taking a risk to create better economic opportunities for their children and for the future generations. That's entrepreneurship. It's just that the Latino community, the black community, the other you know, marginalized communities that don't, are not given that respect and, and told that's what your, that's what your family is doing is entrepreneurship. And so we're not being educated on that. We're not being educated on how to run a business and how to do these things. You know, it's just, it's out of necessity. It's out of hustle, you know? And so I think that's one big part of what, one of the things that Digital Nest does that's pretty unique in terms of like what you see in other like workforce development or education programs is that we're really focused also on how do you bring social capital to communities that don't have it? You know, how do we, how do we expand your Rolodex? You know, and how do yeah. we, how do we connect you to opportunities and to people that have that have resources that you know we can leverage? You know, um, I think that's that's a big strength. Like our youth, they say they're digital nest. They have a brand. You know, they have something that like hell yeah, I'm digital nest. You know, and it's opening up doors to jobs and like connections. You know, and 
that's what a lot of our community hasn't had, and that's what a big part of what we we try to bring. No, yeah, like I said, I it definitely, yeah, it 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 helps a lot, and I love that that's that's where you're thinking and that that's where you're headed, and because yeah. It, that's it's funny because at the moment, dude, I'm paying the rent, everything out of that's my right. own pocket right now for this business. Like the small ads that we were selling, nobody's buying ads right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and but it's so funny because when I when I pay the rent, I'm I tell my girlfriend I was like, that's the easy part. Like that was the easy part. Like I I I've been seeing my mom bust her ass to pay the rent. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that and. And honestly, I'm, that's not all my money. Like, I still have money in the bank. I'm not going broke. Like, but I, it's funny saying because yeah, I grew up seeing that hustle. So, so to me, that was the easy part. The difficult part is how am I going to create a new show that I, you know that's going to get an, an audience? That to me is, is the hard part. Yeah, but like hustling to pay the rent. Like I, I learned that hustle from my mom. <laughs> you yeah. know, like and yeah, so it, that is quite interesting. Actually, I never saw it like that. Um, yeah, maybe that's, yeah, that's a big part of what we do, you know? And I think it's what's, you know, what I think that not only are, you know, our vision is not just Watsonville and Salinas, our visions, like there's communities all across the state, all across this country that are been forgotten, you know, and there's talent that exists in those communities. So how do we bring, how do we bring that social capital, the, the resources to other communities as well? You know, do you eventually want to see like a national digital nest chain? Yeah, that's what we're working on. You know, we're we're next tomorrow night actually is our is our sixth anniversary. It's a virtual event. Oh wow. Yeah, you can check it out. Um, um we're gonna announce our third location. So we're gonna we're opening up a third and we have aspirations to open up a lot more around the Bay Area and we wanna surround Silicon Valley. We wanna surround San Francisco, uh, so that they can no longer ignore us anymore. Yeah. You know, I think if we could create a network of nest and create this network of of digital nesters out there um that's talented that's that's has the confidence that has the skills uh we could put pressure on the bay area to start looking at talent regionally and start looking at communities like watsonville salinas you know you name it napa stockton gilroy you know santa rosa these are all communities around the bay area that have all this talent all this diverse talent um, that's right now getting ignored and again, this COVID thing is showing that you don't have, they don't have to move to San Francisco to, to go work for you now. Like, which, which I, with this whole COVID thing and no longer having to go to San Francisco, I think it puts our communities in, in more danger. And there's a more of an urgency for us to, to do this work because what's going to stop somebody that's getting paid six figures to come move to Salinas and buy a home in Salinas because uh, they can afford a home here? They don't have to be in San Francisco anymore. You know, so I think it's it's a bigger urgency for us to be successful because we're, our community can, continues to be gentrified if we if we don't if I, we don't start getting our kids the jobs. I ask that to every single person, every candidate, because the, the way I because the the train is coming, yeah, mm-hmm. and that to me is both awesome. It's going to be amazing because it's going to be a direct connection, public transportation to the Bay Area, but also. It's their connection. There's reasons why they're bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, exactly. So if they ever need to go into the office, hey, let me hop on the train. And I'm sure that train's going to be hooked up with That's dope right. ass Wi-Fi. And um, yeah, but like I said, me also as a lover of San Jose, I'm like, damn, I'm also going to, you know, there's a Saturday where I'm going to jump on the train and go spend the day in, in the Bay Area and come back. 
But also, yeah, I think the the flip side, and I think the more reality. I mean, all of a sudden, this Robble Bank project is going on. They have forty nine apartments, market rate apartments going in there. The Californian building has twenty one yeah. market rate apartments going in there. And that's that's all great if it's the people from Salinas that have the jobs and are running yeah, those places, right? Exactly. Like, then, like hell yeah, right? But a train is not going to do you any good if. If you're not living in Salinas anymore because you can't afford it, you know, yeah. like, so that's, that's like, how do we, how do we make communities thrive from within, you know, and not through gentrification? Exactly. And that's what I, I love about what you're doing and also what dude And again, I'll talk, I'll be a little bit more specific off the air, but again, hearing people like that in the community that have specifically targeted you as, oh, that's kind of the man, you know, they take money from corporations and all that. And it was like, yeah, but the corporations are coming anyway. Yeah. And the only defense really is to arm ourselves with money, as weird as that, that sounds, you know, or, and with knowledge and all this stuff. It's a challenge, though, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, so, okay, so we all could agree that the company, local companies and corporations and regional companies need to be doing more for the community. They need to be investing more in the community. All right, so, but but then you get, Oh, well, don't take their money, though. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a second. Do you, if I don't take their money and look at the people that we are hiring that, like, understand the community or from the community that we're employing, if we don't take the money, then who's someone's going to get their money, right? The money's going somewhere. Yeah. So we got to make sure it's being invested in the right in the right places and that that they're, they're being held accountable, too. They need to be giving – they need to be increasing their investments in the community that – the reason why those companies are big and strong is because they built the companies on the backs of our people, right? They yeah. need to be giving back to the community, you know? It's, and so I, I'm proud of the work that we've done. And I feel like we are uh, taking their money and, and putting it back into where it belongs. And hopefully our youth will be running those companies one day. For sure. And, you know, like as, as someone who grew up very active in my community in Watsonville, like, that's something that I'm very aware of, you know, and I think a lot of our staff actually are very like on that tip of like, you know, just just being cautious with who we're getting money from, what 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 their politics are, you know, because that also kind of it tends to like bleed over. Right. But I think that when I look at what we're doing with the money, who's the money benefiting, you know, and the youth that we're working with. I kind of like to see it like in a way like like the whole little Robin Hood, you know, like, yeah, they're giving us money and we're taking it and we're flipping it and, and it's getting back invested back into our young people of color. You know, I'm like I'm from Watsonville. I'm also getting paid from that money. Um, and I feel like all of our staff and members are benefiting from from that. So I don't like I don't I don't have a problem with it, you know, so. Yeah. No, that's where, yeah, and I'm definitely, and I hope it doesn't come across as me asking you to defend yourself because I don't think you're, you need to, yeah, I'm like a, such a big champion of it. But, but it's crazy. Like, though, this is it. like the conversation that we have at the staff level. Yeah. Like, like, especially with everything that happened with George Floyd and shit's happened way before then, you know, and like, yeah. and stuff that's happening, not even like, it's more local to our community. I mean, we have things that are happening in Watsonville and Salinas that, you know, are like, uh, are rooted in racism, you know, and so these conversations that we're having, as a staff level, like, you know, how comfortable we are taking this money. What are our values? Where are, where are our commitments? You know, we're, we, they hold me accountable to that. And, and we, you know, the, the board we've been, we've been fortunate, you know, our board is majority people of color and, and majority women. And, and so we, we're, we're doing things that, 
you know, ensure that we're being held accountable and we're getting things down around like our values and our culture to ensure that we never drift away from that. Dude, and we, we, we keep bringing up Watsonville and Salinas and I, I have something to, uh, it's pretty neat. I, again, I'm from Salinas, born and raised here. Obviously I love Salinas here on Salinas underground podcast right now. Um, and, but I've, I've also greatly admired Watsonville for a while. Watsonville is a, it's an interesting little town because it really is a little town. It's like 50,000 people, right? It's like mm-hmm. a third of Salinas, yeah. which is not like we're some fucking metropolis or something, you know, <laughs> but it really is slower over there. It's so cool. And, um, but one thing that, uh, dude, so it is a small town, but dude, Watsonville, it's been really politically active. You know, any kind of talk about Brown berets around here, it usually starts around, you know, definitely they were stronger, I think in the nineties, but there's that. And then there's the, the strawberry festival and then there's a film festival and there's just really, I don't know. Watsonville's got this really dope sense of community. And I don't know how, how the city planning works, but I love that like every neighborhood in Watsonville seems to have like a little market in the middle. Like there's just shopping in neighborhoods. Like you don't have to drive. I don't know. I can, I don't know. I, I love it. I love it. I just like, why aren't more neighborhoods like this? But, um, and then you you contrast that with Salinas, which is in a lot of ways, very similar demographically to Watsonville. But, we don't have a film festival. We don't celebrate our lettuce, even though nine billion whatever dollars comes in every year. Um, what do you think? What, what have you noticed any differences between the two cities, the two cultures? I what, what I'm, again? I I hope I'm not is not too big of a question or too too broad. But I don't know. As an admirer of Watsonville and so like what you're able to do with such a small amount of people, how come Salinas? Seems to not. Yeah. I mean, I can't necessarily speak for why Salinas is not. And not to say that it's not fully, because I think there's pockets of it. Like, from what I have been exposed to in Salinas, because, like, I grew up in Watsonville, like I mentioned, and back in the day, like, my mom was like, don't go to Salinas. It's too dangerous. Like, you know, my, I had an older brother. She's like, if you ever go there, don't wear red. Like, that kind of <laughs> thing. So we, we stopped coming to Salinas growing up. Um, and so I recently just started coming, since I started working over here, I've been, you know, trying to um, just get a little bit more involved slowly in the community. And so I wouldn't say it's not here, but it's maybe not as much in as in Watsonville yet. You know, I think it's, it's taken years for Watsonville to grow and there's still a lot that can be done, you know. Um, but I think, you know, just it's up to the people and there is a tight group of community. Like I grew up, I would say, in like involved with that community. Like I was a member of the Brown Berets. I grew yeah. up, like when I was 15, I joined and I, and I say once a Bray, always a Bray, you know, like, it, it kind of forms bikes. the way you you think about things. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's also a whole other side of the community that's separate, you know? Um, like, there's not really, like, farm workers or campesinos at these kind of community events as much as there should be looking at the community, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's still work that can be done. Oh, okay, I, think. I see. Like, there is a certain community, and I feel like that's more, like, maybe third, fourth generation folks that have been here. So then there's a whole other side of the community that's not as involved as it could be, you know? But I think that there's already work going into that and there, there will always be work to to unite like the entire community, you know? And and the Salinas, you know, I think that there are definitely pockets that I've seen where there's like really awesome stuff that's happening over here and not happening over there. Like I think Salinas has a really good music scene right now, you know? And I don't see that as much in Watsonville. 
I don't hear about it as much either. Um, so, you know, I think it just takes time and people to be down to like be involved. Yeah. Again, that, that definitely, if I feel like I was seeing it differently as well, I'm again, just assuming, Oh, if there's a strawberry festival, everybody probably goes and loves it. I mean, strawberry but, festival, yeah, I think is, is more general. Cool. Like everyone, it's like the goes, Rodeo here, but like right? film <laughs> festival, for example, I don't think it's hitting the entire population of Watsonville, you know? Like, I think it's a certain group of people that attend film mm-hmm. festival. You know, and not that they're not doing outreach, not that they're not putting out the right films. It's just, you know, there's something missing. Maybe maybe it's this tech divide, you know? Like, who knows? Like, maybe it is has to do with something like that. And maybe that's why the nest is so important. Um, I but, came across yeah. that festival. They were filming. They did a, a screening of Food Chains. Have you ever oh, seen yeah. Food Chains? Yeah. Um, I didn't go to see it, but I saw the movie after that, and that was that was powerful. Yeah, <laughs> that was powerful. I, and have you actually? I, you know what I just saw yesterday? Have you seen the Last Black Man in San Francisco? <gasps> yes. No. Oh man, you have to watch. Speaking of this gentrification and all this, yep. we're wow. How I saw that, and I was how did this not win all the awards? It was so well done. Uh, it was yeah about a, a guy trying to reclaim his grandpa's home in Fillmore, and now he lives in Hunters Point. Um, oh, so good, mm-hmm. so good. Um, but yeah, that. Anyway, yeah, that that's funny. I, I see. I'm sure people in Watsonville look at this and yeah, say, wow, they got a, the Rodeo, they got the uh, Food and Wine Festival, they got Homebrew Festival, they got everything going on Their over there. Ciclovia. Yeah, and then you come here to Salinas, and people are like, "What? We have that? I've never been to that. I didn't even know." That's true. Again, I just assume that everybody important. I'm like, oh, it's a small town. They all know each other. They well, all, you know, they all show up. Yes, I mean, Salinas <laughs> is three times, like you said, three times the size of Watsonville. So I, I think, like, you know, we've done some really good organizing in Watsonville because it's smaller, and so the people we got to get around the table are, you know, a fraction of what, like, I, what I've noticed with Salinas is just a lot of more. There's a lot more players and a lot more people doing things, and so trying to get all those people around the table to move something along just takes a lot more work you know right in watsonville we could probably name you know 20 30 people that we probably would say we trust and they're like good down people we could get those 23 20 to 30 people around the table and like move things along and selena's i'm sure is probably three four times that number you know that's true i'm just cynical <laughs> I need to be happier with them. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you guys came on. I'm happy that we got to do this. And um, I mean, yeah, we're getting close to the end here. We did did I not did I miss anything? Is there anything that you guys really want to bring up? Um, you're you're extending your age to thirty three for the business program. <laughs> <laughs> um just that we're open for our members, you know, if they need a quiet place to to use technology that we have available to them or to study. They could bring their own technology also, you know, do some schoolwork, do some homework, work on some projects. You know, we're open from Monday on Monday and Wednesday for two different slime slot time slots each day. Um, they, they can uh, reach out to us on our digital nest website and uh, get the link to register um, and save a time slot. So yeah. they're more than welcome to come through. And if anybody wants to stop by and visit also, we're at 210 Salinas Street. Um, contact us. and we'd be Oh, you guys are already working you. out of there. We have the first, the second floor open for members. And if people wanted to come through and check it out, you know, I can do a little tour also. Is that where you came over right now? I did. You oh, know. that's over. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're neighbors. And so, yeah, so I think like, and, like community organizers and community you know, base organizations like 
reach out to Yesenia. Like we have space, we could partner. We've done some partnerships with like Artist Inc. already and um, and uh, Chinampa and uh, you know. So um, yeah, we're definitely trying to have it be more than just a digital nest center, but more of a community center. We you know once the once like things calm down in terms of the pandemic and the shelter in place and all that, like we definitely want to have the space open and provide a much needed space to the community. You know. Uh, if you have a need rehearsal space, performance space, event space, like I'm, I'm very much about community and trying to have that be just a, a nice place where we can all be and create. Yeah. And, and check out our website and social media stuff. Cause we're hiring, we're looking for pe good people and we want people from the community. So, and are you actively taking members at the moment? Can people be members? Definitely. So anyone can, anyone between 14 and 24 can be a member if they wish to, all you got to do is hit us up online and we will reach out to you. Or you can always just register for a class that automatically kind of activates us into reaching out to you. Um, and you can find all of our classes online, digitalnest.org. Digitalnest.org. Hit programs okay, and then you should be able to navigate from there. Yeah, yeah digitalnest.org. And yeah, again, thank, thanks again for doing this. Not only the interview, but but the programs, the organization, I, I am definitely a fan. I know, again, Jacob, we're, we're friends besides that, but yeah. I, this is an organization that I've followed closely. I know Santa Cruz Tech Beat's always writing about it. And, um, yeah, I, I really like what you're doing, and I'm excited for the future, and I'm excited for, like I said, I, I know because they're – I thought like, oh, if that existed when I was in high school, I would do it. There must be other kids in the city that are thinking that. And now that they have an opportunity to go there and it's only going to grow, hopefully. Yep. And, um, That's the plan. Yeah. But yeah, but thanks again for doing this. Yeah, and uh, yeah, now you've been on here and now you got to come back six months from now or something and update us. And definitely hopefully we're Let's free from our chains at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get you into the center also and, and run a little podcast class with some some members. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. I mean, I've been We'd doing this for a while. I, I yeah. Because right now we have like a little member of the month podcast that we were doing. And so each month we choose like a member who kind of just shined that month. Um, and then we do like a little podcast with them. Just short, you know, like a couple minutes and have some some of their favorite songs. Just some, like what, what brought them to the nest type of sort of thing. Uh, there's their nest journey their story you know um and so it's just been me and like the youth editing it like impromptu and so yeah we'd love to invite you over for a little, a little yeah class hell yeah let's do something but anyway we'll talk about that off the mic let's for now it. but hey, thanks again for coming on we'll catch y'all next time